This is Flipping Tables. Flipping Tables, a show about technology, gaming, and culture. I'm one of your hosts, David Lyons. And I'm Michael Edwards. And we just had Christmas. Christmas, Christmas. time. Christmas. So did you get any, any cool presents for Christmas? Yeah, I, uh, I got. So the coolest thing I probably would say I got is this Nest 30 controller. It's a Bluetooth controller meant for playing retro games and emulators. Pairs with Android and iPhones and computers. It's probably the easiest to pair with in play and it's just so it looks like a classic 8-bit NES controller except except, except it's got four <laughs> buttons on the right side so instead of just b and a it's y b x and a and, and it's also got crazy it's, shoulder buttons and what i like it's in the super nintendo labeled fashion which is b then a not a then b yeah. which i understand like alphabetically left to right american on xbox it, it makes more sense to be a b XY, but I grew up with Nintendo, so I'm used to right to left. Japanese company. Exactly. And that, you know, I've I've had a Nintendo in front of me for pretty much my entire life. And I was just, I was playing video games one day at home and I just said out loud, like, oh, I wonder, you know, why they do it that way. (laughs) And my wife, who reads Japanese and speaks some Japanese, was like, well, the Japanese read from right to left, and you know we read from left to right. But and they only did that on like they didn't carry that through the entire orientation of the console because player true. one's port is on the left. It's true. <laughs> and there's also uh, I've always wondered if that's why in like old JRPGs the good guys were on the right because that was like the, oh, yeah. the side you started with. That's true. I didn't think about that. Right? It's weird because it's it's something like I just always took for granted. Like, oh, that Nintendo with its buttons out of order. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they're they're really not. Yeah. But, but Mario runs left to right, so so they're just screwing with us. All over. So I'm I'm so this I'm jealous is, of this controller. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> And I mean, it doesn't have any analog sticks, but that's fine. When I'm emulating, like, em- to be honest, emulating things beyond 16-bit era is still kind of sketchy as hell. Yeah, because the the hardware was so specialized in that early 3D era. It wasn't just like, well, it's basically a PC. It's like <laughs> this custom SGI chip that is hard to emulate. Like, so like, I have an N64 emulator, and I can run Goldeneye on it, but it's it's real sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> just like. I don't know, like the things, way things pop in, the edges, it just yeah, all looks weird. It's not good. And I feel like if you're going to use a controller that looks like an S controller and you're playing nostalgia games, you're not going to go to the weird teenage years of like PS1, N64, yeah. <laughs> original yeah. Xbox. Uncanny like, Valley of 3D. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're going to go way back to like Super Mario World and even the Nintendo Marios. Yeah. Uh, Super Mario 3. It's oh, a good one. I, I own that game so many different ways. It's you are. It's I, creepy how often I just say to Nintendo, "Shut up and take my money again." I, I have said this before. I think you personally keep Nintendo going because you're like Super Mario Brothers. Well, I only own that on seven other platforms. Better make it an even eight. I like, can't walk through a room without tripping over three different ways to play Mario. But that so you're I feel like at a costly kind of way you're you're on your way to the dream of like any device you pick up has like oh, your yeah. favorite game on it. You had to pay for it each time unfortunately but <laughs> and then, do, so do you emulate a lot? 
Um, I find that it's mostly for RPGs, like because then you can get your emulation fun of like speeding up grind fest parts. Ah, true story. And you know the save states are just instantaneous. Whereas this one thing that bothers me on the Wii U is you got save states now, but it's like clunk clunk, menu pops up, create save state. Uh, okay, save state created. Uh, Press B to go back to your game. And so if you're like trying to, you know, try a bunch of different scenarios out, it's just that all those delays just start to eat on you. It's like it's like it's, using it's like the loading time on Chrono Trigger for or PlayStation. Like, yeah, or using a smartphone in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going to go to this app. Ah, oh, damn it. I'm going to go to this app at some point today. <laughs> so, any anything else? Any other cool gamey, techy um, stuff? So, I I got I had some money to burn on the PlayStation network, so I uh I picked up Assassin's Creed Unity. And, and um, it came with, so this is two months after release, so I was like... Oh, was this a, uh, like a pre, this was a, pre-Christmas I, I, Rush game that I came avoided, out Yeah, it came out in October, and it was widely panned for being not ready. And so I can safely say that two months later, and with a six gigabyte patch, <laughs> it it's running fine. That's... <laughs> I mean, I know a, a double layer Blu-ray disc, if I recall correctly, will hold fifty gigs, something like that. So you're talking like a ten and a half percent code replacement? Because I mean, this is no DLC, right? This is no extra no, no, content. No, I did not buy a deluxe version or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, so this is straight up broken stuff they fixed. Yeah. Yikes! Six gigs. <laughs> I I don't know where the line is because I haven't put a lot of thought into it feels like too much it yeah. feels i mean even if you have what do you have like 50 gigs down at home well gigs 50 megabits yeah megabits yeah gigs oh my god can you imagine <laughs> so like on a good day downloading a torrent or steam it i get like maybe seven megabytes a second when it's really good right yeah that's it's not great <laughs> i actually i got a gaming present that I not as digital, but I now am the proud owner of Settlers of Catan. Yeah, any yes. any like five six player or any extra? It's, yeah, stuff? it's the original. Just the three which, to four. Yeah, three to four. And I I'm, actually prefer three to four player because you can't build you. on everyone's turn, which means yeah. you don't have this rallying call of is anyone else yeah. doing anything? Okay. Yeah, I actually um when I've played with over four people, I've had people in the group say like we're gonna play the three to four rules, right? Oh, where you can only build on your own turn? Yeah. Just because it makes the game a little longer, but it also makes it less chaotic. Yeah. It's like it's more orderly. And I, you know, so you, you own this game, right? Yeah. Do you own the older one before they changed the tiles? Oh, my God. The, yeah, I have a version where the water is hexes, too. It's not like yeah. this little frame you have to yeah, assemble I've, I've and snap. Yeah, I've got the frame. Which... Once you get it assembled, it's nice, but man, is it a pain in the ass to assemble that frame. Well, here's what confused me. So I've only played, you know, other people's copy of the game, obviously. I didn't realize that it comes, like, disassembly required. Oh, yeah, you got to punch (laughs) everything out. (laughs) Which was fine. I mean, I was sitting there watching the end of a Christmas movie. You know, the family was in bed, and I opened it just to, like, make sure everything seemed okay inside. And then I was like, oh, there's – it's like – the old connects you yeah. have to like pop them out and then it, at first i was like uh, being really careful because i was like i don't want to rip anything and then i realized that if i kind of flatten my index finger and punch them 
they actually yeah. popped out really nicely. Yeah. So then just getting them out was like its own little game. <laughs> I was like, it's a, it's the bonus game. You only get to play once. Did I, I haven't opened a Catan in a long time. Is there any like air bags full that you get to pop or anything like that? Too? No. Or, um, they do come with the little Ziploc baggies. They do. And this is where I was confused by this. So all of the roads were all in one big bag. But all of like, the, have fun separating these. Well, yeah, but all of the like towns and cities were already separated. I was like, you couldn't just go the extra mile. It has to be something to do with their factory and the way they turn those roads out. They're like fifteen, fifteen, fifteen. Okay, yeah, just throw them all in a bag. Like I don't want to move these over to the houses now because conveyor belt, whatever logic. Yeah, you're probably right. It's probably some weird, like, oh, it's one long strand of wood that's broken into chunks, blast painted, and yeah. then dumped into a box. <laughs> so that's nice. Catan, it's always nice to get a get a Catan for the home. Like, Yeah. And, you know, so I was a little surprised because Susan, you know, gave me the game, and she's not a huge fan of it. And I was like, I opened it, and I was like, I'm excited. You're going to play with me, right? <laughs> she was like, yeah, I'll get Because she's only played a couple of games. And they were in, like, high-pressure social oh, situations. that's not good. Exactly. So I was like, you know, we'll give it another try. We'll have, like, just a couple friends over. I do find that the robbing mechanic kind of tells you very quickly what kind of board game player your friends are. Because... Oh, like how brutally they well, rob you? Well, there's people that, like don't play well with you exercising your rights within the game to play according to the rules. And it's like, you're robbing me? <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is how the game works. Um, and it, I, I think it's... You just very quickly get the divide of people that are like, why are you being like mean to me? personal grudge. And you're like, no. Well, I, I've played... Uh, I have the Android version, which I got through a Humble Bundle, and uh, it's good, but there are some weird... You know, because it's whenever you play a computerized board game, there's usually options for like how big of a dick do you want the computer to be? Yeah. And one of the options is called like either friendly robber or like non aggressive robber or something <laughs> where it's like if the computer, because you can play four human players where you like pass the tablet yeah. around, or you can play one human and three. You can actually do four computer and just, yeah, you're really that bored. But, <laughs> but it's, uh, you can make it so that the computer aggressively robs each other, but they kind of leave you alone. Yeah, which might be good for younger players that were just going to start yelling and throwing a tablet against the wall. Or that, anyone. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I found people have house rules like you can't rob until you have at least three points because you only start with two in Catan. Oh. So it's kind of like... People are inventing these like "don't screw me right away" kind of things. Like, oh, so like as it, soon as someone it, has a third point, they're right. open season to okay. be robbed. Okay, yeah, I can. The house rules are kind of like. Uh, I feel like if they if they as give long as everyone a, agrees, I don't care. As yeah. long as we have the same starting ones, I just don't like the. Well, I know that's a legal move, but I'm really angry, and I'm gonna like have personal real world grudge. <laughs> If you don't, like, it's like this pressure to, like, be nice. And it's like, but we're competing in a game, right? Yeah, right? No. Now, what bothers <laughs> me is when people don't pay attention to who's winning and don't rob the leader. Or or at least strategically rob someone that has what they want or need. 
Like those are like the two Rob. If we're gonna get deep into this Catan thing right now, <laughs> like I'm like he's about to win, and it's not just that you're robbing me. Like yeah, that's annoying, but I'm not about to win. Right. And my head doesn't want to, like I can't imagine playing with that logic of like why are you just like well, I'm gonna rob you. Yeah. And I'm like now that see a strategy game like Catan or uh, like an older game like Monopoly. I feel like that's where you see. Whether someone's playing because they just enjoy playing board games or they're playing because, like, they enjoy the strategy of it. It's like the chess mind versus, like, the roulette mind. I mean, unless they, like, they're enjoying my reaction to getting robbed, then maybe. But it just seems like there's some players that are just like, meh. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, but he's Mike going, is across from me. I should just rob him. Like, do you, do you no longer want to win because he's going to win? Yeah, your your foolishness is about to end the game. So. No, I'm, I'm with you, but I'm excited. So we'll have to we'll get yeah. together. We'll play on my brand new board. <laughs> and uh, I so I have to also mention I I said I was going to get a moto skip. Yeah, I got a moto skip. I've returned my moto skip. Oh, it, story time! <laughs> story time! It lasted. Um, I, on it without exaggerating, I'm going to say about 25 minutes. Oh wow! Yeah, this is I, a quick nope. <laughs> well, I opened it and it was you know it works. I I have to say it works exactly as advertised. It does exactly what they say it does. It functions exactly the way they say it's going to. It turns out that's not what I wanted because and I, I looked into this a little bit. Supposedly NFC has a range of up to twenty centimeters, but no, not really. <laughs> it's really like four centimeters. <laughs> And that's fine because yeah. that's what I wanted was like a close proximity. What I didn't know is that the signal is actually so weak that it can't penetrate like anything. So it really has to phys- basically physically be tapped. Yes. Which with the Moto Skip, the whole point is that you wear it like on your clothing and then you like tap your phone against it. What I wanted, and admittedly this is not the Skip's fault because this is not what it's designed to do, <laughs> is it comes with these three little skip dots – the job to be done is different. <laughs> the job to be done is different, exactly. <laughs> it comes with these dots, like these little stickers, and my thinking was, okay, I'll try the clippy part. If I don't like that, which I don't think I'm going to want to like clip this thing onto my clothing all the time, then what I really want is to be able to put the skip dot like on my wallet yeah. and then just like tap my phone against my pocket, but no. And I tried, man. Like I, yeah. I had it just in my pocket. When even if you managed to get it to work, if the fact if you had to struggle like yeah. at all, then it's like, yeah, it's not. Yeah, I could have just put in my <laughs> password by that by that time. So it's it's not their fault. But here's my issue. But is the thing they made the thing they should have made? Should they have made what you wanted? Well, I don't. This Not is, just because you want that, but this is where I, I I'm running into this issue, and I asked this on Twitter. What has a range between NFC and Bluetooth? Because Bluetooth, as I said, is way too far. Like, I don't want my phone to be unlocked for a hundred feet foot radius yeah. around me. Because hmm. the the second well, generation I'm, Moto Skip is a Bluetooth dongle that you put yeah. on your keys. Well, I'm interested in what the 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 smartwatches can do to serve this purpose because. Like, I know with the Apple Watch, which isn't out yet, no one's used other than, like, <laughs> controlled demos. But they, I remember reading about how, it, like, their Apple Pay thing works as long as it knows it's still on your wrist. So somehow it knows, like... Oh, it, maybe it's doing, like, the pulse It's Yeah, it's some kind of biometric where it knows it's still on the same person's wrist where you, last time you authorized it, like, with your pin or something. 
And so from then on, until you take off the watch, it's like authorized. It's, it knows it's you. Huh. And so like it could be serve as your NFC. Like no matter what the range, it knows it's on your arm. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't matter how far. You don't care about the range of the technology that communicates to your phone. Right. As long as it – I don't know. See, but that's like I still – I want my phone to be unlocked because it's in my hand, yeah. not because it's even on the desk next to me. Like right now, my phone is is within two feet of me, but I don't want it to be unlocked. When I pick it up, I want yeah. it to be unlocked. I mean, I essentially want Touch ID. Yeah. Like I Touch ID works. It provides the kind of experience I want. Yeah. So if that means like a two-factor device, which would have an additional level of security, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. But it needs to be like eight inches yeah. or less. I do think um, if we can prognosticate, that is the next big thing in technology is microlocation. It's mm-hmm. our devices interpreting more about the context. And, you know, at a simple level, it's like the stuff like Yosemite's handoff where it's like, oh, you're looking at a text. I'll pop up on your computer if you want to switch and look at your messages here instead of your oh, phone. Oh, right. But that's or, because it knows you're next to your laptop. It's unlocked. It's open. Yeah. And so, like, that's the first, like, baby step of, like, kind of dumb but kind of neat still of, like, I can tell you're looking at a, a a website on one of your devices. Do you want to switch and look at it on this device? Right. And, it, I mean, it's a hard thing to determine behavior. Like, I'll be sitting in front of my laptop talking to someone over Hangouts, and then I switch away from that chat window while I'm doing something, and then they message me and my phone buzzes. And I'm like, my phone is locked. Yeah. It hasn't moved. My computer's still unlocked. Just send it to the computer. Yeah, there's work to be done for sure. Yeah, you can assume I'm still at and the like, computer. I wonder if that'll tap into like your phone knowing motion, like if it's just on a desk and it hasn't been picked up, which is something they can sense with all yeah. the gyroscopes. Then it's like, okay, don't notify, like do a quiet notification on the phone. Like it'll be in your menu bar if you unlock and look. Right, but don't ring, don't But vibrate. don't buzz, don't ring unless you think I'm actually using my phone. Yeah. Or you you know I've left my computer. My I'm, computer's the dumbest one right now because it has true. zero sensors. Yeah, for me, I would just be happy if it did it on whether the screensaver was active and or the computer's locked. Yeah. Like, if or a I'm, certain amount of idleness, like like zero inputs have been yeah. received. Right. If you're clearly still using the computer, the mouse, or you've you tapped any key on the keyboard in the last 30 seconds, it's like he's still on the computer. Yeah. And I wonder, maybe, um, let's go, we'll do the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they're not going with some of these things for security reasons. Maybe Hangouts is like, we don't want to dig into every single interaction on the computer just to know what you're doing because then you'll say we're creepy. Yeah, maybe this has to be mediated through APIs somehow of like, you can make a call that requests the user status, but you don't get the raw data of what they're doing. And so the OS can manage knowing, is he using this machine? Then it's literally just just like, are they idle? Yeah. Yes, no? Yeah. Question mark method in Ruby? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That seems like an elegant way to be like, are they idle? That's all I care about. Yeah. Now you operating system determine have they used the trackpad, have they used the keyboard, I mean, are they doing whatever. That's analogous to how Touch ID works on iOS. Like no app gets to know anything about your actual credentials. It just gets to send a request that says, Can you authorize that this is that person? 
and then it returns yes or no based on yeah i feel like that's an important aspect of security is it's a it's not tell me everything about that person it's like hey here's mike is this really Mike? Yeah. And it's just, yup, or nope. Like that's... Yeah, you get nothing else. It's, it's not like, oh, and also tell me all about him. Tell me all the stuff. And it's like, no, you would already know it if you needed to know it. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, the good separation of powers of sorts of like... Church and state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had one more thing to say about Assassin's Creed before we completely move on. <laughs> um, for the most part, I've only played 30 minutes of it, but... Assassin's Creed is Assassin's Creed, so I'm kind of weirdly sympathetic to the series, even though I have plenty of complaints. But one thing they <laughs> added that is a huge, wonderful thing is... Faces. Na- <laughs> yeah, there are faces <laughs> that work now. Um, it used to be, you, you know, you hold R2 to run, and, like, if you hold X, you'll, like, climb faster, and you'll be, like, really... Oh, it's like yeah, free it's, it run. Like two layers. You're of, in free run. Yeah. Um, now there's a new modifier. So if you're free running and you hold X, your character will generally climb and ascend. If you hold circle, he will descend. Oh. And they've built that into the way buildings work in Paris that instead of like what would happen in a lot of Assassin's Creed games is you're running around and you accidentally jump off the side of a skyscraper. All the time. And then you just fall to your death. Yep. Because there's only one thing. It's are you free running or not? And you ran to an edge. So it's like, woohoo. <laughs> now if you hold circle, he intelligently tries to descend. So he'll find ledges and it'll it's they built it into the actual architecture a lot so you can hop around. And so I can kind of basically run towards an edge with circle and he will go down to right. the street level safely. Yeah, instead of just pl- rocketing off and so, into space. Or you, you hunting for a haystack for half an hour. So, And I'll say, like, that's... Yeah. That's something about video games, like, that I've always struggled to convey to people who don't play video games. Because that's what I want. It's like, I want to convey to my super assassin avatar, go down with, like the go down button. Yeah. And then when I want him to go up, I want there to be like a go up button because going up and going down is a big part of this game where you're running all the damn time. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to, I don't want it to be too complicated. I sure as hell don't want to emulate it myself. Like with a Wiimote or something. Yeah. <laughs> the whole so, point is he's the assassin. And I'm just like a general. <laughs> yeah. I command him. And that there's a, so I gave up on three. Yeah. I haven't played black flag. That's probably, the best one since two was Black Flag. Well, because and everyone says it's because it's all about like the pirate ship mechanic. Yeah, people love the ship battles, which are pretty majestic. Which I never even got to in three. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure they're great, but I couldn't even get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'm sure I'll eventually. Three, give. three's problem is, and this we should I should start talking about Far, Far Cry three now, but. Um, <laughs> Three's problem was it was like five hours before you were the assassin grown up ready to do real missions. Yeah, way too much backstory. Because you start out as a British dude, you're like in some giant play, and then you're on a boat for an hour, like learning how to parry and attack, and basically running around icon hunting on a boat. Yeah. And then you're a kid, and then it's like, oh my god, when does this game start? (laughs) Um 
But speaking of that, I have an actual table to throw about Far Cry 3, which I picked up. It's not a new game. It came out, I think, 2013. They're on 4 now, right? Yeah, 4 just came out, which I have not played. But 3 was really well-regarded, got like 80s, maybe even some 90s scores. Like, well-regarded. People love it. It's an open world, like... I feel like an 80s, like, say an 85 is, like, a legitimate review. Yeah. Because, like, a 99 is like, oh, you just, you didn't even think about it. (laughs) Yeah. And this game is worse than Navi in Ocarina of Time (laughs) about notifying you of things. So I'm just trying to play through the first, like, hour to get to, like, full freedom to, like, do fun stuff and the promise of the game. And maybe I need someone who loves Far Cry 3 if there's anyone out there that's like put in dozens of hours to talk me down from the the <laughs> cliff on this. But that game pops up with shit in your face every other second and it's irritating. Shit. You reach a new location, you got a new weapon, you now you need to learn how to craft, now you need to learn how to accept missions, now you need to learn how to buy something. And I get it like it's like these are the mechanics of the game world, but Man, learn something from Valve or some or <laughs> Nintendo or I don't know. Like find a way to do this where it's not so intrusive and cloying and in like I don't know. It's like full overlays that stop gameplay that require to be dismissed. And it continues beyond tutorials to like you reached a new camp. Overlay now press escape a bunch of times to get out of the menu so you can play more. So I feel like, all right, let's take crafting as an example. So John Far Cry, I know nothing about this series <laughs> other than you're on an island. Okay, so so John Far runs into the, the Brett first... Favre runs. <laughs> runs into the first place where you can craft. I'm thinking it might be something like, there's like a little mini quest where a guy like walks you through the process of crafting and then no one ever talks about it again except in high level terms because they would act like you know what you're doing, right? Just like if I say to you like, oh, hey, can you you know go over to my office and grab something? I don't say, hey, can you walk to the door and turn the knob and then pull yeah. the door open and then walk through the door? Like that would be weird. No one yeah, talks really like that. irritating. <laughs> and I feel like the- there's actually a good upright Susan's Brigade skit about that because there's this workplace and he's got he's training a new work and the worker's like, oh, so you want me to get you some water? And he's like, how do you get the water? <laughs> and he keeps correcting when making him get more granular. And he's like, using my hands, I turn the faucet. Uh, which direction? <laughs> it's just like absurdly. Detailed. So they didn't realize they were critiquing <laughs> modern video games. Yeah. And yeah, it's thing is I'm okay with a little bit of tutorial because like I don't want to just stumble around like an idiot. <laughs> but <laughs> man, Far Cry, turn it down. And you know someone's going to point out, so I'm just going to get ahead of this. You can turn off all this stuff in the in the options, but I do need tutorials. I'm not right. saying zero. I'm not saying just fling me into this thing I don't understand. But find a way to make it smoother and more elegant and less less jarring every single time. That's why I feel like fetch quests are really good for that kind of like integrated tutorial. You know, like the the opening to the original Assassin's Creed's games, like the I think the very first one was like you were hurt and now you've recovered. And so they're testing you to see if you can go back out into the field. But yeah. you're already an assassin. Yeah. So they talk to you like you should already know what you're doing. And they're like, oh, we're going to just jump across these planks and get over there because that's all the explanation I need. Yeah. Hold the run and jump across planks button. Good. Check. Done. 
And and I feel like if the interface and the menu, like for crafting, because I feel like craft every game that has crafting, there's always huge tutorials. Yeah. And it's like if the interface is presented in a way that I know what materials can be used in crafting, then I now have all the information I need. Because you're yeah. not literally teaching me how to like be a blacksmith and how to use the smelting <laughs> and furnace. <laughs> and I, I want to be fair, Zelda has problems with this too. Almost every Zelda Huge game problems. holds your hand a little hard <laughs> straight through. Like there's always like you got your sword, now fight me in these different ways tutorial. But then eventually it lets off and it's kind of like they'll, they'll introduce a new item and then they just kind of let you play and it's like here's an easy enemy to defeat with your new skill and then here's mm-hmm. a slightly harder one and here the boss fight uses it completely yep but now you're ready because you learn yeah. through gameplay yeah it's i feel like teaching through giant over screen pop-ups is just it's ham-fisted it's the equivalent of lecturing <laughs> it is but I mean, it's like in a movie when the characters are obviously conveying information to each other that they know already for you for the audience this is the put an idiot in the room that asks the question yes that for the audience which i get that you need an audience foil you need to learn how to write that way yeah. like it's hard yes it's a skill i'm sure i would be terrible well, at any, i'm any, also not a writer any computer scientist in a movie not meant for nerds <laughs> it's just he's there to say something complicated that's probably nonsense if you know what's going on and that's not the problem. Like, I'm fine. Have your own like mythology to your science in your movie. Just sure. do what you're going to do. But then that character that goes, in English, please. Uh, and then you go. That's the like NCIS. Yeah. Uh. And it's just, it's, I don't know. Maybe I'm just oversensitive to it because I just, I see the tropes and then I can't ignore them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, once that glass is shattered, you're done. Yeah. There's a, uh, one of the older Futurama episodes uh, where they go and meet like all the original Star Trek crew. And it really is them doing their voices because they're all good sports. And they, uh, Fry was like in love with that show. And, they encounter this problem that they need some kind of complicated solution to. And they're like, well, what would they do in Star Trek? And he's like, I don't know. Someone usually just said a bunch of gibberish. And then they explained it with a really simple analogy. <laughs> and then the immediate following thing is Leela saying how she's going to like use the engines on the ship to do this complicated bit yeah. of science nonsense. And Bender's like, like putting too much air in a balloon. And it's like, <laughs> yes, exactly like that. But that's, I mean, uh, Star Trek was campy, like, as part of its charm. Did you try remodulating the phaser beams? Yes. No the, effect. The deflector field, or the deflector shield and 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 its harmonics and modulation did everything. Yeah. That I was do, the most useful part of the ship. I did see something interesting, and I think it was on Google+. Plus. I can't remember if you reposted it, but it was about how Star Trek was really interesting in this way, that their plots almost never centered around not believing each in each other's competence like the crew in star trek are smart people that know what the hell is going on and when one of them says i saw this weird thing happen it's not immediately a i don't believe you it's immediately problem solve let's go figure this out i yes believe in your competence i i so i've only seen a little bit of the original star trek but i'm pretty familiar with next gen and i could say that that's true like they generally believe in each other and work with each other and are competent people which in a lot of other shows it's there's a tendency to write in like the yeah i don't know i didn't believe you till the end i'm sorry i didn't believe you forgiveness well and that also usually makes it puts too much power on 
the one character, usually like the captain in this case, who would be like, why do you expect him to be the authority on everything? Like, yeah, he should know a little bit about everything, but he shouldn't be the authority on everything. Yeah. So it's like, that's Sherlock. (laughs) Yeah. I I can actually think of scenes in, in next gen where like Jordy, you know, calls up to the bridge and he's like, Hey, such and such is going on. And Picard will be like, that's weird. And then Jordy's like, well, I tested A, B, and C. And then Picard's like, well, figure it out then. <laughs> and it's not like he doesn't like have the solution because he's not head of engineering. Like, yeah. why would he know? Jordy's not calling him like, Dad, I can't fix this. Yeah. <laughs> Please fix this. Oh, Jordy. So I don't know where I was going with all this, but it's stuff. Stuff. So <laughs> you got another important game for Christmas. Yeah, what what other? Smash Brothers. Oh. Dude, you killed it. Are you just you're drowning it's just in weird. so many I was games in Star Trek world. Yeah, Smash Brothers for Wii U and I've played a little bit with Shelby and I don't think it's completely her cup of tea. <laughs> though she's she's dr- trying mightily to to learn the the controls. It's it's a little lonely single player. So I'm I'm going to put a call out anyone else who has a Wii U and the new Smash Brothers, I want to play online. Let's figure this out. Talk to me. <laughs> also, I want to set up a party to play eight player. That I'm interested in that. Yeah, and you have to do that local, don't you? Is that local only? Yeah, yeah. So I, I I'm one of your eight. Yeah, we'll do this. I'm, I'm thinking we just we just throw a party. We have board games. We have other stuff to do, but we have Smash Brothers as part of this. And so. You don't sound like you're a fan of the completely unnecessary and stupid story mode that all the Smash Brothers games have. No, I was really more just... I've been hunting around for how... I I haven't Googled it yet, which is the (laughs) first thing I should do. But I didn't want to metagame at first, I guess. Um, I don't know how to unlock more characters and stuff other than just... Probably goofy story mode. Yeah, but I I didn't find... like I found like the... the... like hit this... Thing as far as you can, home run derby thing, oh, yep, yep. and some of the other. There's like a challenge mode where it's just weird scenarios, like it's Zelda versus Link, ha <laughs> <laughs> um, or it's Mario versus giant Yoshi, that kind of stuff. But so far, I've only unlocked trophies, so I don't know if there are other characters to unlock or if they really just give you everyone right off the bat. How many characters? I mean, could you ballpark it? Like, was the roster? Huge? I think there's like thirty already. Mm. Yeah, I'll bet there's some you got to unlock. Yeah. So I haven't played... There's some stages of unlock, so I'm assuming yeah. there's... I, I haven't played the Wii U Smash Brothers yet, and that bums me out, but the... What was it? Brawl? Was yeah. Was the one on Wii? The thing I hated about... Melee? No. Melee was the... GameCube? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Brawl. Um, the thing that frustrated me about Brawl was you had to... The story was like, okay, it was... I mean, it's stupid, but, like, it's fun stupid. Yeah. What pissed me off about it was the entire story is, like, a platforming game, but with fighter controls. Yeah, so it's like a Mario level, but... But with, like, Street Fighter controls. So you need to do something like cautiously approach a ledge so that you can make a jump to the other side. you have a Prince of Persia length, you automatically run. Exactly (laughs) right. When you press forward. (laughs) God, it's so horrible. That's still true. I mean, I haven't played, I haven't seen any side-scrolling levels like that. I don't know if they exist in the new one. I or, would be or, thrilled if they removed them. They're I, awful. I think it's mostly fighter game scenarios, like weird twists on the levels 
but you're still doing a fighting game scenario. All of that is fine. That stuff I can totally dig on. Because then there's lots of crazy funny things. Like it's, you know, DDD versus like 100 Kirby's. Where yeah. the Kirby, every time you knock one out, like another Kirby just comes in, and you can imagine that's like Diddy's nightmare. Or it's Pikachu versus all the other Pokemon or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, that stuff is totally fine, but these god awful, and, and Susan could tell you, there were a lot of times where I was like, because I was never the, the kind to throw a controller. <laughs> I, I'm not saying I never did it as a kid. I did. I was that kid. But. It was rare. My thing was, and it's it's a little hard to describe, but try and imagine like you have like a block of wood in your hand and you want to snap it in half. It's It was that. Yeah. And like where you can hear the plastic like straining and I've never broken anyone else's controllers. I only ever damaged my own. So, <laughs> so if I come to your house to play Smash Brothers, I won't break any of your stuff. But like she could hear the plastic like crying and she was like, maybe you should just stop. Like, yeah. You don't really seem like you're having fun. It's like, but I need to unlock the characters. Yeah. So anyone who knows what's going on in Smash Brothers can already tell I'm kind of not an expert. <laughs> um, Which means you'll be fun to play with. But I have noticed and been irritated at the you press forward and you ran 10 steps. Sprint. Controls. And, I mean, some characters are worse than others. Like Sonic, he just... It makes sense for his character, yeah. at least. But I have found that irritating where I'm like, I want to go and hit them. Oh, I ran past them because yeah. I tapped forward barely. And it's like, so I need to figure out which attack I can use to get over there that measures the right distance or I don't know. Yeah, it's, um, it's sloppy. It's a it's, sloppy it's, game. It is. And I know someone's going to get angry and be like, no, man, experts, they turn off all the items and like, yeah. you, you pick certain maps and I, it's a really controlled experience. May, and I'm like, maybe but, sloppy is not the right word. Maybe it has a really steep learning curve to go from chaos to order. Yeah. Because I've seen people do things in Smash Brothers that seem impossible. I'm like, I could never make the character do that. But. I'm also not willing to invest the thousands of practice hours it yeah. takes to get that good. It seems like there's a lot of caveats and asterisks to get to a controlled game that is deep and satisfying for experts. But the game as presented is a sloppy, crazy mess. Right. Which I feel like is the point. Because you, you know, you're in Star Fox and there's ships flying around shooting you and there's stuff exploding and these bombs get <laughs> dropped in all the time. And I'm like... Yeah, I can see why the pros turn all that shit off because they want to fight the other player, not everything. Not the world. <laughs> but it's presented as a chaotic mess, and then after you turn, after you tune the game for half an hour, then you've got a tight experience. You know, Smash Brothers, because I'm I've actually most of my gaming career has been single player games because I'm lonely. <laughs> no, because Ronry. Because that's it's just I like RPGs and Sonic and Mario and those are generally single player experiences. But if there's one game I played a lot of multiplayer of, it is Smash Brothers. That is a game rife with house rules. Yeah, just I mean, just pouring out house rules. And my favorite is uh, one that my my friend who had the game and his roommate had to come up with. So Donkey Kong and Bowser for sure. I think Donkey Kong also have this one attack where you grab someone and you like throw them down but if you're in the air when you do that you continue to travel down until you strike a surface well that means if you're clever and you have one life 
and I have one life, and I'm Bowser, and I grab yeah. you. You die a split second before I would have died, so I win. Yeah. And it's like it's such a cop out because there's like once you get a hold of someone, there's like a half second before they can break away, which means if you're on a stage with a lot of pits, like all you have to do is grab someone and then just kill yourself. And it's like instant round yeah. ender. And I just remember the my friend who owned the game, like red face screaming, <laughs> swearing at his roommate, like you can't ever do that again kind of thing. But he was a giant hypocrite, so we did it to him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> because his favorite thing was to use the little falcon shield. Falco, not falcon, falco shield, the little diamond. Yeah. And just like throw it and just like poke at you from a distance. And it was like, you're sucking the fun out of this game. Why are you doing yeah. that? Stop it. We're not it's actually like playing. It's like someone Street Fighter who found the like ducking kick move that they just sit in a corner and do, and it's like really <laughs> hard to approach. And if you try to jump at them, they'll do some sort of uppercut. Yep. And you're just like, yeah, you're turtling over there, and you're going to win, but I hate you, and this isn't fun. Yeah. So I'm going to go home and play Tetris. <laughs> yeah. Screw you. Yeah, that was um, – I, I very quickly learned and then stopped because it would have ended my friendship with my neighbor. <laughs> Mortal Kombat 2 with Scorpion, you could uh, – the spear thing. Yeah, the little come here thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could do the little spear and then uppercut in a perfect loop forever, and the timing wasn't even hard. Yeah. I, like, I was not an expert at that game, but there was just this huge window you had to do it successfully. Yeah. And, and there's stuff like where, you know, the game isn't technically broken. If you're amazing, you know how to break these cycles. Yeah. But I like that. I don't like that, that measure to be so far of, like, I learned the buttons... And I still, until I reach some pro level status, I can't beat your move. This is no. this is bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like they they probably actively program the AI to not pull stunts like that. Yeah. So I mean, you would hope your human friends would not be like winning is more important than our friendship. Well, I even think in Street Fighter, like if you're Chun Li or actually a lot of the characters, if you do a strong jumping kick and then immediately do a ducking kick, <laughs> most people don't have the wherewithal to know how to block those. Right. Let alone what attack will interrupt them. And so, like, yeah, I know if you're a pro Street Fighter player, you can defeat my strategy really fast. <laughs> but at least one round or two rounds, I can probably spam jump kick, trip kick, jump kick, trip kick. Now you're dizzy. Now I threw you. Now you've got nothing left. Uh -huh. And yeah. it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's just irritating. Yeah. I th they've probably, with modern fighting games more than anything else try to make them so complicated that those exploits can't really happen because yeah. i know like in the modern street fighters and i was never big into fighting games mainly because i was awful at them but i was just like it wasn't my bag and i've noticed that in like the even in the ps1 era maybe and up like you have high block and low block yeah and then later there was like you well you counter throws different than you counter punch and kicks so it's like you can't just... The bar is just being raised higher. Man. It is, but it also means that it's really difficult for someone to, like, turtle in the corner or to do some nonsense repeatedly. Because you have too many things to block. Yes. Yeah, you can't just be like, I'm holding guard. I'm invincible forever. Yeah. I hated those people. <laughs> so I have to... I got to give a quick mention to this. Um, this The whole Sony hack thing. This is like... I can't remember the exact phrasing I used to describe it to you, but we've entered into like 
Oh, it was. I said JFK conspiracy territory. It's now so complicated. Like, was North Korea involved or were they not involved? Like, so yeah. I read. I just read this morning. There was supposedly an interview with a guy who is a defector from like their secret hacker legion. <laughs> and it's like that doesn't seem super reputable. The League of Shadows. Yeah, it's kind of like amazingly convenient timing for this guy to show up. Who? I mean, it's a really isolated country. For someone to defect and come with insider information, big deal. And then they like – there was the Project Goliath thing like Sony and all these other media companies. explain that real quick. Okay, So Project Goliath was basically uh, Sony, the MPAA and a bunch of like media companies were going to fuck Google as hard as they could by paying – This was Hollywood saying we want to discredit Google – yeah, because they somehow support piracy. It's not the pirates. It's not the people stealing your product. It's the roads that the people drive on. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's totally their fault. So uh, they wanted to, yeah, just completely discredit them to the point where supposedly in these leaked emails, they were like paying politicians to be like anti-Google. Well, and they were just – people were noticing that drafts written up by Hollywood – were verbatim showing up in the governor's office in like the yep. prosecution proceedings of like exactly word for word what that lawyer for that media company wrote. Yeah. And I know it's not probably not technically illegal. It just shows the collusion and the connectedness of how much of a puppet our public servant was right. for one private company against another private company. Yeah. Which is disconcerting yeah. i mean it yes it's a big complicated burr, burr, burr. fine <laughs> but i feel like what google is trying to do generally is like make information accessible what sony and the mpa and these other companies were trying to do generally was not sell you their products yeah and that's i know i'm oversimplifying but that has always been really confusing to me when a company's like Oh, we want to sell this to you, but not at a price you're willing to pay in a format you're interested in through a channel you have access to. They have, yeah, different jobs to be done. I think what was interesting is how the internal community – so this is all part of the leaks of stuff we weren't supposed to see, um, <laughs> which was why you can't look away. You want to see it. But Train wreck. Um, the – the how much they've had to back off of like the SOPA style stuff. So if you remember back, I yeah. think it was 2011. Yeah. Um, when the last time industry tried to break the internet in a really public way, it's not even the last time, but one of the most prominent ones that reached really mainstream status, where you had Wikipedia actually changing their homepage as a protest. Um, where they wanted to basically make it really easy for. The government slash the industry who's controlling the government <laughs> to shut down websites for piracy reasons, which is about as vague as you can possibly get in their in their world. Yeah, I mean that's the Hollywood child pornography huge net that catches yeah. everything. And right now one of the, the things that our ISPs and our internet companies cling to is one of the few things you could say is kind of good about – I think it's part of the Patriot Act – is or no, the DMCA, is the safe harbor provision where if you are an ISP, you're not liable, or your website, you're not liable for user-generated content. Yes, one of the few things that did come out of that. And so while you still have to take appropriate action to deal with recognized illegal content on your platform, you are not personally liable for what your users do. 
And that's what SOPA and some other things are basically going to destroy yeah. is now you can shut down websites because of user content. So Which, anyway, it's fascinating to see all the lawyers and all the behind the scenes of Hollywood recognizing we failed so hard and we can't pursue that road. And so, so then let's they're do doing, it illegally behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, let's let's use a puppet our puppet hands to move a governor and to move a departments of justice to uh, like exceedingly target Google beyond what any normal prosecutor would probably do. And uh, one has to ask the question is the amount of money you're paying lawyers and resources you are spending on this it's got to outweigh whatever you imagine you're losing to piracy. Yeah. And that's not even considering the fact that there are lots of studies that show that the people who pirate the most buy the most. <laughs> so like it's you're chasing a problem that yeah. arguably doesn't even exist and trying to route out your most loyal fans access to your stuff. Yeah. It, I just it's like it, this is not cutting off your nose to spite your face. This is Killing yourself with a nuclear bomb to spite your face. Like, it's just yeah. so obnoxious. And personally, I'm of the philosophy of if I cannot legally purchase the thing I want, I just go without it. Like, yeah. I don't I don't pirate movies. I don't really pirate much of anything. Yeah, I, but I, I do did. feel I do feel that oatmeal pain of, like, yeah. I want to watch Game of Thrones, but I don't have cable. Huh. Here are all the different platforms that exist for ge- letting me spend money on your show, and you want me to wait six months for the Blu-ray to come out so I can spend a hundred dollars. Yeah, no. It's like I'll pay you right now for digital downloads, a fair price for a digital download yeah. right now. Oh no, you won't take my money yeah. for no good reason for a good show like Game of Thrones, which I actually haven't watched yet. Which I've only seen the first. I'll season. get. I'll get to it, but. I would, you know, in in the heat of the moment, I'd probably pay two dollars an episode or something like. Yeah, if you want to keep up, stay yeah. current, but that's you know, it's like I don't want to give Comcast a hundred extra dollars to get your channel, but I would probably buy the specific show I want. Right? Why are you not serving me? There's probably there are dozens of us. There's probably <laughs> a lot more than dozens, but yeah. and no, and I mean, I I used to in college, I went through the like, oh, well, I deserve to have this, so I'm just going to pirate everything and. Then I stopped, but then I realized I still had this like huge back cache of pirated stuff, and I just deleted it all because I was like, I, one, I don't even want most of this crap. Two, the stuff I do want, I should just go spend money on. And three, if I'm not willing to spend money on it or I can't because the company refuses to take my money, then I must not want it that bad. Yeah, there's plenty of other fish in the sea. And maybe their accountants have run the numbers, and maybe they're right financially that they make more money with their restrictive little – business model but i still feel like it's wrong it's not the yeah. right direction i don't think it'll last for i think clearly hbo is being forced to actually move into digital distribution now yeah you can they're finally, finally get doing HBO it. go separately from having a cable and there's still some douchey aspects to it but they're getting there <laughs> and i think they're realizing like yeah our shows are some of the best shows in the world but that's still not good enough there's so much other stuff out there that people will go elsewhere yeah no, when you have this this uh, what do you call it? A uh, when you have like way too much good stuff, embarrassment of riches. An embarrassment of riches. <laughs> when you have an embarrassment of riches, it's like yeah, I really want to watch, uh, say, Game of Thrones, but I can't, so I'll watch House Cards, True or Detective. Orange Is the New Black, True <laughs> Detective, Sherlock, Doctor. There's just there's too much. I can't watch it all now. 
So if this one I already pay for Netflix or it's way cheaper or it's accessible at all and that one isn't, which the hell one do you think I'm going to choose? Yeah. You know, and more and more people are starting to make that choice. And Netflix is just starting to have the embarrassment of riches themselves of yeah. exclusive shows, which I'm sure will be frustrating someday when they have so much I can't not. It's like reverse HBO happens. But right now, they have a business model that really works well for me. It's true. It's cheap. It's all you can eat. So and I, they have good stuff. I have to say, the main reason I personally wanted to touch on this the Sony thing one more time is because they had this whole Project Goliath and all this Google hate brewing. And then when they decided they were going to do this digital distribution, they were going to do a digital distribution of the interview, which, oh, thank God, the interview got released. Uh, it made a million dollars. An entire million dollars? So it paid for the craft services table while they were filming? <laughs> yeah. But so what company do you think they went to? Or companies? They went to Apple, who apparently said no. That's, yeah. that's the rumor. Um, they said they weren't going to sell it on iTunes. And they went to Google Play slash YouTube, which I feel like those two kind of probably come together. It's like a package yeah. deal. So that's kind of shitty of them to be like, oh, sorry, we tried to shoot you in the head while you weren't looking. But now that you are looking, you yeah. want to sell this movie and like take a 10% cut off the top? <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. It just... It's just so crappy, and I get it. Yeah. Sony's like a huge multi-headed beast. Yeah, they're like Samsung. They're kind of yeah. they're they're a Hydra, as we said. Yes, but it's still really. Like, if I was Google, I would be tempted to just be like, "No, you know, we don't want your piece of crap movie on our network." Yeah, sorry, <laughs> but then at the same time, Google tries, and I mean, this, I, you know, in other research I've come across, I think they try very hard not to do that. Because yeah. that would be them making a decision about content on behalf of their users. Yeah, they very rarely do that. I mean, even just the fact that their iOS app presence is so strong, which I don't think is altruistic because I think they have millions and millions of users in iOS yep. that they don't want to turn away. But even though it's not altruistic, they have been really good. I mean, sometimes I've, I've seen... Android users get angry. It's like, you launched this on iOS first? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have like, been one of those angry <laughs> Android users. And you're like, come on, Google and Google. Like, yeah, they, and you know, maybe not as much today because I think Tim Cook has kind of calmed down all the bullshit between the companies. Yeah, I think um, he's, that's probably his biggest legacy so far is that he's like quelled. Well, I think officially, I didn't put it in the show notes yet, but the, the Rockstar Consortium that bought up all these patents to bully oh, yeah, yeah. has officially sold them off now. Really? And so that consortium, which Apple was a prominent part of, of more patent lawsuiting, um, is dissolved now. Yay. So I think we're, we're reaching the end of that particular era of the first smartphone war. But yeah, Google's been really good about like, even while we have every reason to middle finger Apple's platform and be like, fuck off, um, kept their apps updated, launched first sometimes. Like, Yeah, and I think, I think this was an Eric Schmidt quote, but somebody asked him about some of their weird projects like Project Loon and like Google Fiber, and they were like, 
why are you doing this? You know, it's it's a lost leader, and you're not going to make money, and it's detract, you know uh, detracting you from your your real work as like a search company and and all this other stuff. And he basically just said like, we make money when people use the internet, so it makes sense for part of our business to be helping people get on the internet. Yeah, it's like. Like he has no incentive to lie and be like, no, we just want to do what's best for humanity. Like I, I'm sure he believes the internet is a good with or without Google, but they also benefit yeah. when people use the internet. Well, it's nice when you can see how a business is aligned to make you happy rather than not like Comcast versus Google, <laughs> like Google like their business benefits when the internet is faster and easier and more accessible. Yep. And so that's a great incentive that's aligned with what I want as a consumer. Yeah. Whereas Comcast is very interested in making it harder for other internet companies to be online and reaching you because they happen by accident to own the last mile that mm. connects to you. So they're like, huh, what if we could squeeze everyone else to get to our customers? And it's shitty, and we hate them for it. <laughs> we don't have to make this a Comcast episode. No, we don't. I think there's uh, there's one more thing I think we should talk about, given the time of year, to wrap this uh, this episode up. Um, so you got some video games yesterday. Did you try and play online at all? Oh, man. I was, I was ready to spend money on the PlayStation Network <laughs> on Christmas Day, and it was down. It was down. And I didn't know. I, did, I, I hadn't been paying attention to anything. It was like on full holiday mode of like I'm not even <laughs> reading websites. But, yeah, I was like, why is the PSN Network giving me an error code? Yep. And I finally Googled it, and I was like, oh, it's down. Yep. Xbox Live, too. Yeah. But apparently not the... Poor Nintendo to, what, can't get enough attention yeah. to be DDoSed. Yeah, which is, is like sad awesome. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. But this is – so I had pretty much the exact same experience you did. I was – so, you know, the my daughter goes down for a nap and my wife and I are like, you know, it's vacation time. We're going to sit down. We're going to play some Borderlands together. We're not even going to play online. But when you open the game, in like three different menu spots, it checks – for like downloadable yeah. stuff, do you have any DLC? Is there any new DLC? All that kind of crap, and it so it keeps pinging the PSN, and every time it comes up, and it's like, "Hey, you're not logged into PSN," and my account auto logs into PSN. So if I ever see that error, that means PSN is down. Yeah. Well, here's something that's irritating on PS4 is so Netflix worked. Yep. Which makes sense. Yeah, every time I open Netflix, I had to say, like, I don't care that I'm not logged which into. Which stands PSN. the reason it has nothing to do with right. the PlayStation Network. YouTube on PS4 did not work. Really? It would go and say it couldn't connect to something other than YouTube. Yeah. Why the hell do you care about anything? See, I feel like there was a time when on the PS3, the Netflix also behaved that way. Like it it does a very simple order, like check order where it's like, can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? Yeah. And if it gets to PSN and it fails, it just gives up, even though it's unrelated. It's yeah. like, who, why are you even like, checking? I'm fine if you want to check if there's an update to the YouTube app, but you need to fail gracefully and still load the app if you can't get to the PSN. Yeah. So do you – you don't have a Chromecast, do you? No. You have an Apple TV? Yeah. So if you had any easier way to get YouTube on your TV than a Sony device, you would never use – maybe well, it's better on the Apple PS4. Apple TV is easy because you just mirror every single device I have and it uh, – yeah. So <laughs> you should do that because – 
at least on the PS3, the YouTube experience is abysmal. No, I, it was so bad. This wasn't like I was. I don't go to YouTube on the PS4 ever. It was just I <laughs> was trying things, and I noticed, oh, that's really interesting. That YouTube on the PlayStation is down, yeah. only because the PSN is down. I okay. So what I need is for the. PSN to go down again, so I could check this on the PS3 because I'm curious if it's the same problem. So I suspect hackers, it is. can you get on that? Yeah, could you please? So this is, and did you hear the weirdness that wrapped up this holiday weirdness? I just heard the hackers wanted tweets, and then Kim.com like yeah, like bottom off. Supposedly, Kim. So for anyone who doesn't know who Kim.com is, um, he is the like public face of stealing on the internet. Yeah, like he runs what I guess it used to be mega he upload runs download sites that are really for pirating content. Right. So it used to be mega upload. Now I think it's just mega.com yeah. or something, but he, so he's like, he's been in and out of jail because he's done some shady they stuff. Had like a SWAT team, like a, come into break into his house and take everything. And yeah. He, I mean, I don't, I don't know all the details, but I know he has done some shady things. Running a torrent site is questionable, but he like, he w- had like millions in undeclared money. I think, yeah. um, drugs. I think was involved in there somewhere. But in, he even looks like a cartoon. This he looks was, like the kingpin. It did from feel like they Spider-Man. got. It's like they got Al Capone on taxes, even though it's yeah. like, well, yeah, yeah. it's because you murder people and you're doing stuff with drugs and organized crime. But this is what we can get you on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's. Oh man. He. I don't know if he's cool enough to be equated to Al Capone, but unfortunately, cool it's, enough. Come on. Once you, your atrocities are far enough into history, you get to be like a cool villain. <laughs> Except Hitler. I don't think Hitler's ever going to be a cool villain. Yeah. Even like the British. Cool like in in the movies, sometimes they make like the Revolutionary War. The British are like, you still respect them. They're yeah. not like cartoon bad guys. <laughs> Kim.com is Unless kinda, you're a Mel Gibson movie. <laughs> everyone is a villain in a Mel Gibson movie except <laughs> Mel Gibson. <laughs> But this, he like he bought supposedly he bought the hackers off with like free like super accounts to mega.com. Yeah. Which is a little like well I just gave the terrorists what they wanted. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know if they asked for that or if he was just like I have money. Yeah. I'll buy the terrorists off. It's just another blow to Sony in the news even though a DDoS is really hard to to prevent oh yeah no this is like this isn't like this is this arguably not their fault this is not the same as oh you stored credentials in plain text you're an idiot you deserve this this is oh i'm, I'm sorry dude yeah no it's i mean and even, also what a dick on christmas day everyone wants to use their new machine yep i i think the only companies i can think of like big obvious target companies that have never been subject to a ddos that i'm aware of google and amazon yeah. I have never seen Google have issues because of a DDoS. Same thing with Amazon. Are they just distributed so well? It's like, oh, you knocked one of our 10,000 options for yeah, I suspect, serving this up. I suspect it's a combination of just To be fair, raw. Amazon does – S3 does go down a lot, it seems like. Yeah, it does sometimes. But yeah. it's not because of DDoS. Yeah. I suspect it's a combination of power. Like Google just has more raw power – well, that's their bread and butter is, yeah. is scaled internet right. architecture. And and the other thing is probably that the by their very nature, gaming services are probably more centralized. 
Like, yeah. you, if I'm on the West Coast server bank and you're on the the Asia server bank and we're trying to play together, like, that probably doesn't work very well. And then if mine goes down, it's like, do I hop onto yours? Like, this, yeah. I'm sure that is a different problem. So, like, this is the tiny little sliver of sympathy you get from us, Sony. <laughs> Otherwise, please stop the bullshit. Yeah. And this is something that directly affected PlayStation users. It wasn't just yeah. like, oh, your employees look like I feel bad for them, them, but there's also lots of juicy gossip coming out, which I think is kind of shitty of the press to just do, but that's also what they do. Oh, that's an entire other yeah. crazy policy politics discussion. Yeah. So I think in the spirit of, of Christmas and New Year's, do you, do you want to put a bow on this? Yeah, let's put a bow on it. So where can people find these show notes, Mike? Head to flippingtablespodcast.com slash 047. Sorry, I'm a little stuffed up today. It's, 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 it's the stuffed up season. I'm not sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Where can people find you on the Yeah, internet? head to pseudomichael.com or you can find me on other networks. But <laughs> if you look. Figure it out. There you go. Um, and people can find me uh, at lines and beta, linesandbeta.com. And uh, this is we, – we just wrapped up our first calendar year. Yeah. So that's, that's – Wow. We're coming up on – 52 will be the year mark the big, pretty much. But not the new 52 like in the DC universe that was pretty <laughs> universally reviled. This will be a great 52. <laughs> so that's good. So I guess we'll see you guys in the new year. All right. All right. <laughs>